welcome to Wrestle Opinionated, our weekly show all about the great shows of AEW. We are your hosts. I am Morg. This is... I'm Human Parasite Matt Strange, and this is... Uh, Nick, just here, helping out again. Let's see how this all goes through this time, eh? Uh, what have you been up to this weekend, uh, this week even? Uh, what have you been doing, Nick? How have I ruined your week this week? I'm mostly just playing Urtuk, the Desolation, a turn-based game that's all depressive, post-apocalypse call, fantasy game, our favourite genre. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I've been playing that and in a showed Nick. I've been trying to bully him into it for a while and now he understands that once again, a £5 indie post-apocalyptic turn-based strategy is the best thing on Steam. How about you, Morg? Um playing lots of a 12-year-old MMO. <laughs> We're so hip and modern. <laughs> and We're the watching... coolest kids. Oh, and uh, post-apocalyptic, uh, been watching uh, Caught Up with Snowpiercer on Netflix, which the first three episodes are really good. Is that not the film about the train? It is the film about the train, uh, yeah, but they're, they're redoing it as a series because it was a comic book first. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is the what? Willy Wonka's future. Uh, it's a whole conspiracy theory. Yes. Later. Apparently, yeah. There's some cons- conspiracy theory that it's it's Willy Wonka, which I I think I can get from where I am so far in the TV show, but I've not watched the film and I've had it recommended to me, but I'm thinking I don't really want to ruin the tv show for myself i, yeah, no, mate. I wouldn't I watch the film and also i think we should be talking about wrestling on this wrestling podcast podcast about old computer games and films so uh well first thing we kick off with as normal is news and AEW news is well there isn't really any the entire world is quiet in uh the time of uh social Dissidents, kickoff, rebellion, quality, money. <laughs> Everything's on fire. <laughs> there is um, there's news from WWE. Charlotte Flair has explained why she should be booked the way she is. Needs ah! She needs to be on more shows. When when Charlotte Flair's not on the screen, people should be asking, where's Charlotte? It's 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 because she... So, importantly, Charlotte Flair is no longer the NXT champion, and Io Shirai is strange. I'm sure you'll be happy to hear oh, that. Awesome. Yeah. Wicked. Which did make her beating Rhea at WrestleMania completely fucking pointless. Got to get, yeah, got to get all those championships in so she's got more than her dad. That's the whole gimmick they're going for. So they've yes. got to keep changing that belt. Except, I'd, I've talked about this before, um, the reason Ric Flair is regarded as one of the greatest of all time is because many different people wanted to put the belt on him because they trusted him. I mean, we we make jokes about Dusty Booking quite regularly. Um, yeah. One of the reasons that people like Dusty or um, uh, but, but Jerry Jarrett... Um, I'm trying to think of some of the old classics. There's um, Jerry the King Lawler. The reason a lot of them booked themselves is because they knew that they would always be there. It wasn't as much of an ego trip as we might think. 
you know, the whole it's not booking, a Hogan. The, the whole booking team knew they could trust that person to always be there because it was their son, because it was their them, because it was one of the people who ran it. The thing about Flair was, I mean, they are the other guys with big runs, but the thing about Flair was, Flair was the champion everywhere. And the 16 titles that Flair has that Charlotte will beat or equal, or John Cena won, is a bunch of bollocks anyway, because Ric Flair's, I think, had actually had about 20 real recognized world th- championships. It's like 21, or it could be up to 100 from every time a belt's changed. So it's yeah. completely moot point. It's just, you know. He bring is, in the numbers. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so moving on from news, of which we don't have anything other than Charlotte Flair. Um, we have our social media of the week. Mr. Strange, has there been anything on social media this week? Everything is still on fire. Um, yeah. So I would like to find us a happy, nice moment that brings forward where we can talk about their alternative media, like Sammy with his vlog, which is great, or Shot of Brandy. Uh, sadly, everything in America is still on fire, and slowly England is catching on fire. So uh, I can't really point to anything particularly uplifting or any one person. So I'm just going to say um, support your local Black Lives Matter slash BAME thing over here i'm sorry i'm i'm more aware of the social intricacies of america than the english ones just due to the fact how much it continuously consumes our media but yeah uh why don't i'll take this moment to say be nice to each other don't judge people on their ethnicity sexuality gender life choices whatever stop being an asshole don't be a racist it's not hard um yeah be nice to each other and hopefully when this is all over, I can find some exciting thing wrestlers are doing as opposed to offering support to the protests and riots, which they should be doing, which is great. I'm not querying that support protests, maybe not riots, but that's more of my inner anarchist. I'll probably save that for not a wrestling podcast. Um, Thank you. Down- Just be good to each other, mate. Be good to each other. Burn down rich people's neighborhoods, not your own. Uh, moving on. Please. Uh, be excellent to Please each no other. Please don't Be excellent to one another. Good work, Morg. Saving that one. <laughs> yeah, I might have watched the Bill and Ted trailer before we uh, started this. So moving yeah, on from that, we have our weekly review. And we kick off, as always, with BTE or Being the Elite. What did you both think of it? And did it have anything that should have been on the main show? I don't think there was anything which deserved to be on the main show. Uh, Colt's great. Matt Hardy explaining terms is fucking great. Christopher Daniels talked about his bum for quite a long time. Uh, Not sure that needed in there. Spanglish bit has potential just because I love what Santana and Ortiz. Brandon has a standard LARPA house. Uh, Well, at least that's a comment for for us lot and um, maybe some of the people who listen. And the best friends bit was brilliant. Absolutely phenomenal. I love them and they make every bit better. I'd say it was skippable. A skippable episode with some fun in it. I think it was very repetitive. As much as the joke still made me laugh, it was like, oh, Omega and Colt are still being funny with each other. Best friends are still dodging doing a skit. Matt's still busting himself open whenever he has a chance to avoid something. It was really interesting and I enjoyed it, but... I don't think you need to worry about it that much if you missed it. Yeah, I don't think it was a must-see episode. And there wasn't anything we can criticise it for under the banner of that should have been on Dark or Dynamite. 
so before we go any further and we start our review um, weekly, we give a list, a tier list to rate our um, the matches and the shows. Uh, we give an overall rating to Dark and we uh, rate all the individual matches in Dynamite. That tier list, this might be your first episode, so you may need to have that tier list explained to you. Mr. Strange, do you have an interesting way to explain our tier list this week? Of course I do. I've gone for one I've probably held off on them for a little while, if I'm honest. I'm just impressed you remembered the tier list this time. Good work. <laughs> um, so, ranking system. Ranking system is using a tier list, which is well-renowned from coming from Japanese computer games and originally from the Japanese school system. You've probably seen it on a few YouTube channels. It gets here and there in more nerdy circles. It works up. It's a bit like the uh, English school system list as well. I don't know about the American school system. I assume they have similar gaze. But today I will be explaining the tier list through Canon Dragon Ball Z villains. About time. So C is your a C rank is your average wrestling match. You've had a good time. You've seen none of your time was wasted. You're happy with what's gone on, but it's not blown your mind in you anyway. And I would argue this is any Saiyan villain in Dragon Ball Z. You show up, they do the job you're after, you get some cool fighting, some nice one-liners. The story is well told, but not amazing. That's a C match for me. I'm happy. The time, It's good. Not great, but good. I'm happy. Working down from that, we have a failure, a, a D-rank match, something where I'm, I can still be entertained, but, you know, it's, uh, the time could be better spent anywhere else. And I doubt many Dragon Ball Z fans would disagree with me when I put Boo there as a villain. I love Boo, but he doesn't have the character, the storytelling, or even the cool moments of better characters. Working up from C to a B-grade match, we have a match which excels. It's either just really good, or the storytelling or the wrestling is exceptional, putting it above something else. And I think we can all agree that a B-grade Dragon Ball Z villain is Freezer. He's got the character, he's got some good moments, he's come back a bit too much, but, you know, the character of him wins us over for, for all things. Also sort of wait, waiting to hear Nick respond to this, because I know I've infected him with the weeb. An a rank villain in the Dragon Ball Z world is obviously Cell. Cell, uh, the Cell Saga is probably the best story out of them. He speaks like a game show host. You've got great character, great combat, good storytelling, everything works out well. Also, I'd like to point out that these examples work a lot better than other examples I've done, as Dragon Ball Z is basically the professional wrestling of anime. And of course, in, as an S-rank uh, character, an S-rank match would be one where you've got great story, brilliant uh, combat, it all ties in. You watch the match from start to finish, you have enjoyed everything which happens, and it all makes sense. And the only Dragon Ball Z villain who matches that is Friend-Shaped Broly. Friend-shaped Broly has a wonderful story, brilliant combat, you feel emotion, you're taken through an adventure with this character, and that's what I want from an S-rank match. I want a full story and adventure where I feel and I'm excited and I go, Whoa! a lot of things on the screen. So that's our tier list for today. At some point, I'm going to have to watch Dragon Ball Z. You're going to have to recommend where I start. Watch Abridged. Just watch the Abridged. <laughs> Don't waste your time on the real show. <laughs> so moving on to dark this week's dark i believe we were back onto a longer episode of dark hour and a half jesus <laughs> Oof. what did you think of dark overall what's 
grade tier score do you give it what did you both think of dark there's a couple of bits i'd like to talk about but i'll wait until you get to them okay i'll start burning through then i think um i don't think many people here would uh disagree with me that we could have taken half of this show out um this could have been a 45 minute dark where i'd have been pleased we start with uh 12 year old mexicans versus scu they did look very young thought this match was all right to be honest i quite liked the dads always make their opponents look really good but yeah it was a squash match if there wasn't every single match was a squash match through this card i think i'd look more favorably on this match sort of thing that's my problem um i'm starting to get a bit dark used to be in fact i'll talk about this later you know what? i'm gonna save this for an okay. optional side rant uh yeah um del sol not perfect but he is at least better than serpentico weakest of the luchadors uh, this is where i realized that i'm getting a bit bored of dark entirely being squash matches but the match was all right for a squash match uh lee johnson versus alan angels who is now five uh which i like i'm down with this i know nick's a bit more dubious of him uh being thrown into the dark order uh i Mostly because Alan Angels can't seem to wear his mask properly. As and Nick pointed out to me before I watched, and it bugged me the shit out of me after that was pointed out. Uh, yeah, fine. Good match, even. Lazy finish. Um, it wasn't quite the Alan Angels I've seen before. It wasn't the Kenny... Uh, I think Phoenix. he lost a lot of character from having the mask on, and he was struggling with it through the whole match and it was driving me mad but it was a really good match and like lee johnson is fantastic for only having two years experience and i really yeah. do love the feel of menace when Brody lee comes out now like they're starting to build it that he is a villain and when he comes out it's like oh no what's he gonna do i do like that you see uh ruth um said brody is too lovely to be like some kind of cult ma uh mafioso sort of person she sees him as like this big adorable teddy bear man okay. yeah. i like him and when he used to do crazy eyes when he was in um wwe it was very good and i think you can almost do with bringing the crazy eyes back he's very good at it i really like what they've done with alan angels i think putting him in uh, Dark Order is very good because he's been an enhancement talent for Dark over the... So that's the whole point of the Dark Order. You've been losing, so you stop losing, you become a winner. It's exactly what happened, so it fits really well with the Dark Order storyline. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with this, and I'm pleased that it looks like Alan Angels has been signed. Doesn't need to stay under that mask for too long, I don't think. No. With it, the NJPW method, throw you in a stable until you can either get your own sort of place or make your own character. I'm mostly excited that Ten is wearing the uh, tally coat from Brody's original promo. It is a very pretty coat. And Ten is massive. It looks really good on Ten as well. Doesn't it? Next it's amazing time. that the Dark Order's winning us over. Sorry, yeah, the, moving on. The, uh, there and is, there is one other thing I wanted to say about that, something I particularly liked oh. um, from a storyline point of view. Ten still having his arm in a bandage from when Mox yeah. fucked him up. Yeah, they've maintained it. Really like that. I was going to say was next on our show is our NJPW coat wearing rating. <laughs> <laughs> the Tanahashi scale of perfect coats. Yes, mate. <laughs> Uh, right, rolling into Musa and Pierce versus uh, P and P. 
they're great. Uh, I mean, honestly, I didn't really watch this. Like, I love, I've really enjoyed Musa. And has he been with Pierce in the past? Musa has stood out to me. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know, I think I sort of phased out for this one just because I knew it was going to be a squash for Private Party and they'd win. It was very, it was slow and it Pride and Powerful did all right, but I don't think either side got really over from it. So. I was just a bit bored of it all, to be honest. Um, is it Santana or is it Santana's Cannonball? Yeah. It's a thing of absolute beauty. That it's man, so, kind of so good. That man leaps higher than Brody Lee, and that's him, <laughs> as in higher than Brody Lee is tall. Yeah. It is absolutely amazing. Um, I've They're great. Been... I love Pearl and the Powerful, but I just don't think squash matches add anything to them. Realistically, they don't need squash matches. I, I I think if everything else wasn't a squash match, then yes, they do because they're supposed to be brutal. But okay. everything's a squash match. Yeah, that's all darks become. Come back to yeah. that one later. Uh, so yeah, I think everybody was sort of meh. But it, it it's nice to watch a moves repertoire from Proud and the Powerful, but we've seen it a few times now. So then we, we have- had. Anthony Cantina and Pineapple Pete versus The Butcher and the Blade. Did anybody else think that the uh, Anthony Cantina looks like the dude who plays the violin in Starship Troopers? Or was that just me? Because even know what I'm talking about. I do. <laughs> to I'm going to have to go that, re-watch. I'm, I'm going to have to rewatch him because I know who the guy who plays the violin is. He looks like him. Or at least I thought he did. Uh, obviously, The Butcher's there. He's beautiful. Um, Pineapple Pete ate a lot of shit. Yeah, he did. I was just about to bring this up. I was like, why is Shug D, well, Pineapple Pete, sorry, taking so much shit when he's changed his entire gimmick and Jericho built him up to be, you know, sort of a character? Maybe, like, protect him a bit and build him up, not just have him eat all the shit? I think the problem is that Jericho built him up and made him a character, so you're going to care about him getting beaten up more than some guy who played the violin in Starship Troopers. Cantina calls himself a laugh-lete, and that's fabulous. <laughs> but I, I, that is the downside of of being the jobber, the jobber with a that's got a bit of a character is in front of a, an audience, and they're still running it as if it's in front of an audience, um, and I mean a full proper crowd. You're going to get more sympathy for Pineapple Pete than you will for the other guy. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, but otherwise, I think that match was entirely skippable. Yes, I would agree with that as well. But it's nice to see Butch and the Blade get built up a bit for what's going to happen to them in Dynamite. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, Zach Clayton versus QT. Zach Clayton looks like Randy Orton's second cousin. Uh, Brandy's shirt made me laugh an awful lot. How she mass- was so good with that bit. I loved how grumpy and angry she was about it as well. It was beautiful. Brandy, uh, Brandy is she's not good in the ring, but she is good at she is amazing at everything else. Yeah, she she's wonderful. 100%. C, C to D in the ring, she is A to S on anything else she needs to do. Promo, being a character, being at ringside, facial expressions, being what appears to be genuinely lovely, even though she normally is a heel. I'm, I'm 100% with you. I have, uh, I have become a massive Brandy fan. Now she's not doing the... 
Nightmare Collective. Yeah. And I, and honestly, I hope she gets more matches. I hope yeah. she's uh, now she's probably learning. You know, she lives in the wrestling industry. Uh, otherwise, this was actually quite. This was the first time where I thought there was actually a match. I quite liked Clayton. I enjoyed the heel shit. I quite enjoyed Ali pretending to be injured. Where after uh, a nail the, break, the saddest uh, fall from the apron for uh, Brandy. I I think this was the first actual like match. This is where I'd recommend starting to watch Dark from. Basically, the main thing I still enjoy, which they're carrying on, is Taz just trying to show off like an eighteen-year-old schoolboy to Ali all the time, and I love it. I love him always trying to interrupt Excalibur and just trying to show off. I think that's beautiful for a heel commentator. Org, any opinions on it? Um, yeah, it was good. Um... I'm I'm liking I'm liking Ali on uh, the commentary. Um, she seems to be the wrestler who can sit down. She uh, she's not Jericho's level, or uh, you know where, where she can commentate a match, but she doesn't sound stilted and as if she should. Brit was terrible when she did it. As brilliant yeah, yeah, as as much as Brit is, as I am warming to Brit, yeah. she was really bad at it. She was awful at it, but you know, people Ali is really, really good. And I've heard a lot of times they've had, oh, we're going to have such and such come and join us, and they're not really very good at the the comment at being on the commentary with them in any way, shape, or form. Ali is really good. She's she's getting her story across. Yeah. Um, which is important. When she steals the diamond cutter. Yeah. For, uh, she's, she's, she's getting herself over. Uh, then we roll into Sunny Kiss versus CD. Uh, this is the first what? match. My first note on this is the first match. I don't instantly know who's winning or it isn't a squash. Yeah, fair. I wrote down actually a second match treating me. <laughs> A solid best match thus far on the way. I enjoy seeing heel Daniels. I enjoy seeing Sonny giving a full display of what he can do, not in a tag match. Uh, yeah, I didn't know who was going to win. I I quite enjoyed this match. Uh, comment, low comments, just because I actually sat down and enjoyed it. Um, I want to also give a bit of credit to the commentary team. Um, they are a bunch of older guys. They never say anything inappropriate about Sonny. Sonny is just another wrestler. Yeah, fair. well, Excalibur's not going to slip. He's from Chikara. But yeah, no, yeah. we'd like to have... Uh, JR actually JR. had a thing on Twitter where somebody said he misgendered Sonny. And Sonny he was like, well, I've spoken to Sonny. And Sonny says uh, to call him a he. So here we are, basically. Yeah. yeah. He no, said no. she once by accident on commentary. He did. Oh, no. But it's... He's an old dude. He didn't mean it on purpose, um, you know. Me and the Raptor were talking about this. Sonny yeah. is a very pretty bloke, pretty guy, you know. He, I, he I used could, to be a cheerleader, so he's yeah, one of, can, that's why he's so good, because those cheerleaders are insane in America. I think I'm on the wrong scale of what I like in my man to be a Sonny fan. Um, if I'm, compl- I'm, a, <laughs> well, I'm a Kurt Russell, Jeff Bridges man. Well, I, I love the butcher. Yeah, no, what... I'm, what I'm what I'm saying is, you know, Sonny is incredibly, incredibly pretty. You, you know, I, 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 I can see how you can slip up completely unintentionally and not yeah. mean anything by it. Uh, yeah, 100%. So after that, and yeah, I really liked seeing Sonny um, get to do and show off a bit. And um, it, it was Aubrey, 
was the ref, if I remember correctly, and Aubrey's interactions with Chris Daniels when he was getting angry. I thought that was really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's been... Um... Yeah, no, because she, she pulled him off the corners and stuff a couple of times, didn't she? Yeah. Oh, it's, been a, it's been a morning of wrestling. <laughs> so moving on to Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler versus Jurassic Avalon. Express. The best feud in AEW. Yes. Avalon is gold. Uh, this match was solid. Sequences were good. You could tell everybody was having a great time. There were some real examples of fucking strength from like uh, pretty much everybody, if I'm honest. Uh, I had a really good match. It's probably the one I enjoyed the most. This was my top match. Um, yeah. Th- my most comment was, best story in wrestling, it's just missing Charlotte Flair to top it off. <laughs> <laughs> so Charlotte turns up next week to beat both Avalon and Brandon at the same time. I'd be down with that. That would make I'd, I'd actually take that. Yeah, yeah. I'd accept. But this um, then the... gives her a number one contendership match for the AEW World Championship. Oh, don't start. We can get on to that later. More on that later. So we all, I, I like how we've all just gone. Yeah, this match was good. You should watch it. Yeah, probably. No, no, it's a great match. Yeah, it it was. People have fun when wrestling. It's all you need. It's why I love the best friends so much. You can tell the Chucky e. T is having a great time when wrestling. Everybody who wrestled in this match was having a good time. Luchasaurus made more Roy, uh, Rory noises. Marco got to do cool weapon things. Avalon is always having the best of time in the ring. Brandon's always having a good time in the ring. Not quite as much as Avalon, but I think Avalon loves being a shit-eating heel more than any other option. Yes, mate. So it was great. Watch that match. So and then oh, it was Robert and... Oh, oh, yeah, no, we had another one. Yes, sorry. We missed the last one. Go on. Well, that's a good sign for how good this match is. Uh, Robert Anthony with the worst entry gear in wrestling versus Mox. Um, <laughs> Brian Cage, too lovely to be a heel. You can see it in his face whenever the camera went to him. He just had like a cheeky smile on. Cage in human clothes is a weird sight. <laughs> it's just uh, so out of proportion. <laughs> I'm not a big Mox fan, as we've discussed several times, but this was a better match than I expected. The other dude was actually really good, and I think he'll go pretty far. Mox just feels a bit like he wants to be Minoru Suzuki to me. Otherwise, the match was actually kind of solid. It, it was nice to see Robert Anthony had stats. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was a solid match, and I would give it a C, the last one. But after the hilarity that was the previous one, uh, it falls a little flat. I was bored to tears with this, but that was just me. One of my comments is, please end. And it's like, it's no Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonada was my other comment. I don't know. I just, I like Mox. I just don't like this weird technical, oh, I'm so good at the technical moves, when he's not particularly good at the technical moves. And everyone's trying to put it over. It's like, just be your crazy wild man. You're fantastic at that, Mox. Stay to that. In my um, opinion, I liked the storyline, um, which was very much helped by Taz. Uh, yeah. Credit there. Yeah. Um, I liked the storyline and the, the lines like, you know, you've had this much problem with this guy who's, who's you know, not a big name. How is he going to deal with Cage? Probably by hitting him with a barbed wire baseball bat. Um, but we know Cage, Cage doesn't have any problem losing to smaller guys anyway. Um, Cage does not have yeah. an ego. Um He's lost to women. He's lost to anything. He's yeah. the one guy who can give a fuck. He, he 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 might have an ego, but he doesn't have an ego. If that makes sense. Yeah, one hundred percent. So overall, what 
rank did you think that Dark was this week? I would give it um, overall a low grade of a boo, of a D. But if you start halfway through, you've probably got a Saiyan Saga C, essentially. Overall, it was long, and I didn't feel they uh, needed all the matches. If they'd condensed it to just the best matches in 45, it could have possibly even been a high C. I would 100% agree with that. You could go for half the second half if you prefer the Mox match than I did. Of course, everyone's different. But I'd say you've got a good show there. I would have just missed the first 45 minutes. You're going to lose nothing from it. Yeah, it felt like an old-school pay-per-view um, where you have some matches that are and i mean a real old school pay-per-view where you just have some matches yeah, yeah. that that aren't anything at the beginning leading into your ones that actually have a story um i think i think the you could have put alan angels joining the dark order and the dynamite summary yeah yeah no no i think you could have had that match that, okay. that could have been your opener yeah um, that's your match with the jobber um and then just gone straight to sunny and chris daniels no that would sound great to me or, or maybe you could have then got away with the proud and powerful but a bigger quicker beat down one that wasn't as long a proper full-on three minutes yeah yeah just murdering a couple of guys because they're evil because yeah. we also keep seeing them being fun loving and daft with jericho so every now and again reminding everyone that they're a couple of thugs isn't necessarily a bad thing yeah fair so we move on from Dark to Dynamite. Excalibur, JR, Shivoni on commentary, and Jericho joins the commentary team, and I cheered. He's I great. for that also. So. I'm going to do my normal thing of all the time we've had with Jericho. I'm just going to have a start-up point where we say how great Jericho was, so we don't need to keep bringing up how brilliant he is throughout the thing. Jericho is hilarious, wonderful, puts over everybody... <laughs> Never forgets anything and makes anybody he talks about sound, you know, look good. Even when he's shit-talking people he doesn't like, he explains how skilled they are or he loses his temper. Jericho is gold. We love him. There yeah. is one other thing. Um, as uh, my partner comes from Norwich, I would like to point out that Jericho is the only American who can actually say Norwich. <laughs> Norwich. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, he's Canadian, though, so uh, Oh, fine. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Look, I'd like to point out that I used to go to gigs in Worcester. You want to hear Americans try to say Worcester? <laughs> Worcester. No. Please, Norfolk, no. England. <laughs> so Norfolk, England. We, we open up with the Butcher and the Blade versus FTR. The FTR win with a spike pile driver. What did you think of the match and what score did you give the match? Uh, so I was really um, hopeful. I've We've not seen much of a good show from The Butcher and the Blade, and I think this was his absolute, be their best match. Uh, obviously, The Butcher is beautiful, and I love him. S started solid. Jim uh, Ross made a joke about the tag rules. FTR ga gave a bit of the heelishness, so I got to learn their characters. Um, the double DDT on The Butcher was wicked. <laughs> I assume that the double team move that they did was their old finisher or whatever, the one that was kicked out of? I don't know. Yes, that was the Shatter Machine. Okay, um, yeah, otherwise, brilliant match, really solid, really enjoyed it. I did scream a bit that their new finisher is an assisted pile driver because that's like five out of six now. 
Otherwise, I'd give it a B. Really solid intro to them. I really enjoyed it. Butcher and the Blade looked good. FTR's music's a bit 80s porno. Really, really good match. Really nice opening. Really nice introduction to them. I, 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 I will... This was... Um, I will come back to that finish at the end. Go on, Mr. Muir. Go and have your what you thought. Oh, if you wanted to see some 80s Southern wrestling here, that was just your match. It was fantastic for that. Also, I loved how like Tully, all the horsemen were out there watching it because it's like an old-fashioned wrestling that they did, that they were watching. I thought that was really good. Oh, it was just 20 minutes of a fantastic match. I thought it was an A myself. Apart from the finisher, because I hate the same as Strange, I hate those tag team pile drivers. They just look so weak. But it's all in from- So um, I put this as an A. Um, so the spiked pile driver they did at the end, uh, that's the original spiked pile driver. Um, the idea is it's not actually as weak as the other, the ones that we criticize. I, I like that. It is also, I believe, Arn and Tully's old finisher, certainly from their brain buster days in WWE. It was. And Tully did it with uh, Sean Spears earlier on. The idea is it's the, you put the weight to actually really double force the pile driver. It's not like the gentle bum touch that. I'm with you, but now we've got like six assisted pile drivers as finishers one way or the other. I know. FTR have been um, likened to um, the Brainbusters or, you know, the Horsemen more than anyone else. Uh, I rant, rated this as an A. Also, I just, I'm just tired of them. The Melcher driver drives me mental when they have more bang for their buck in their arsenal. It just drives me mad. That yeah, they I'm hoping that they, they keep they bring back the Shatter Machine. To be honest, give it a new name. Okay. But... Yeah. Um, I have a feeling. I, I I think they did it just because Arn and Tully were in the audience. I uh, will uh, wait and see. Yeah. Hey, what was that? A, did you give it a B or an A, Nick? A. I give it an A. And what did we okay. think about the promo afterwards? The clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> With the lamest double clothesline in all time. I've, that, those are my only notes. I've written Dubsy Dub in big letters with an exclamation mark. I've got well, half my mind. notes. Interview with FDR, Young Bucks, FDR in-ring promo. Um, it started off well. It's interesting because they are avoiding... They're doing a very clever job for me. The, the, what I can see here is they are avoiding having... And something that I believe I said last week, which is FTR and Young Bucks have to happen in front of a full crowd. But you've got them there now, and obviously they want to work and earn money, and you want to get them over with people who may not know who they are. Um, So I think it's quite a clever idea to have FTR be almost baby faces at the minute, being a bit tweener-ish. And I think we're going to have the Young Bucks and... FTR on the same team against um, was it Lads on Tour? They've, yeah. they've got a real name now, but we'll still call them Lads on Tour. Uh, yes, isn't it the Superbad Death Squad? That That's yeah. their real name. Yeah, but Lads on Tour is far superior. Because we're British, and the Lads on Tour. <laughs> They're infected uh, female member. Yeah, I, I think the Butcher <laughs> and the Blade and the Lads on Tour will have a four-man 
eight-man tag match with FTR and Young Bucks, and we'll see FTR and Young Bucks have some chemistry, and it'll be yeah, a good it'll... it'll be a good way to get them to actually be able to do stuff together to get used to each other a bit, so so that their match when they finally have their match. It's yeah. a big blowout. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it, it'll be. I think it'll be it's even better. Following on from that, there was a natural nightmares promo. Did you give it a score? Uh, I've made no. I've not even made notes on this, so I think uh, you and Nick are going to have to cover the. Na- so it can't have been that good. Can I talk about the elephant in the room here? Uh, yes. I'm getting sick and fucking tired of how. Oh, and we've got a tag shot tomorrow. It's like, but there's rankings. They shouldn't have a tag slot. They're not number one ranked. Why do they have a tag shot? No, it's true. I ripped on this last week, didn't I? Yeah. I made some comment about the fact that the uh, the sport-based rankings appear to have gone completely out of the window. Just have a tag match. All the other matches haven't been explained. You can just have a match. It doesn't have to be a title shot or whatever. Woo! Well, it's obviously so Ali can cause them issues by not letting them win the tag belts or something but it's just like it's just lazy in my opinion yes it, it's it's coming to the point where the chat the tag team champions are fighting for the right to face i, I believe i said this last week they're, they're fighting for the right to face best friends yeah. at fighter fest <laughs> and you know it's, it's making best friends look good um best friends oh yeah Friends have risen up the popularity after people have stopped going. Chucky T's got like a bit of a fat look to him and realised that they're hilarious and really good, which pleases me infinitely as I've been a fanboy for them since day one. So following that promo, um, we had Penelope with Kip Sabian and sorry, Penelope and Nyla Rose with Kip Sabian versus Statlander in Ikaru Shida. Penelope gets the win with a fisherman suplex after hitting Shida with the title belt. What did you think of the match? What score did you give it? Is it me or is Kip getting goofier? Like, I love it. He is getting goofier. He is getting dumber. Good. As long as everybody else is there, because I love Kip. Uh, Nyla's getting better. Yeah, it's getting so much better. Statlander ate quite a lot of shit for somebody who had quite a good 1v1 match against Nyla in the past. Yep. Seem to uh, just get battered. Nyla, I mean, this match was solid and good all the way through. I actually had quite a good time. The Nyla's double knee to both of them hanging over the rope was a bit too set up for me. Lost uh, for me, yeah. Yeah, no, I have difficulty with believing somebody would hang over the ropes sort of casually anyway. Riho and... Yuka are the two do the best, probably because they're so small they can properly hang like dead. But when there's two women like next to each other hung holding onto the ropes, pretending they're dead, just takes a bit while. Brilliant uh, Falcon Arrow. Really nice heel finish. The slide in the belt, SWAT, slide out pin was really smooth. Was really uh, smooth, yes. Uh, I have uh, two major on. comments about this. Um, my first one is... According to Jericho, Statlander is going to take Pineapple Pete back to Grimlock, which is his home planet, apparently. All right, okay. Amazing. And also, can we stop these tag matches that feel like they're the start of an NJPW pay-per-view card where they just let all the old folks out to have a match because they need to have a match? Because this is what the Women's League feels like to me. Oof. 
Um, well, as I, I quite enjoyed the match, and I'd probably give it a high C slash low B overall with a bit of storytelling building up the stuff. It's just there was a couple of moments in there that sort of stopped it being top tier for me. I gave it a B myself. I thought it was a good match. It just feels like it's just going nowhere. But any thoughts, Mark? Uh, I, women's expert. I gave it a B. I thought it was a really good match. Um, I thought that you're remembering that Brit has gone in, has got injured um is is a thing that's important to remember and we we pinned quite a lot on brit recently but getting injured has been one of the best things that has happened to her and her character um she's one of those people that i think will benefit from this injury uh it was a classic here are your four main and it's also we are still stuck in um there's only so many times you can do Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander and do Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford and Nyla Rose. So mixing it mixing it up. I'm hoping it leads off to maybe some stories in different directions so we can have Statlander and Nyla can have a story and they can go off and have a story and Hikaru Shida and... Uh, Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford can be the next contender for the belt, moving away up the rankings, especially with Brit out the way. Um, all in all, yeah, I thought it was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. I gave it a B to B, B to high B. Oh, okay, cool. So it looks like it's a solid B then. Maybe I was a bit negative this week. I seem to be half a grade below you all. So following that, we had a Darby Allen video promo with Tony Hawk. What did you think of the promo? Does it deserve a ranking? Uh, I laughed at the fact Tony Hawk's cleared him. For a while, I thought it wasn't going to be a Guinness advert, but it was a Guinness advert. Um, I watch videos of people falling off skateboards repeatedly on YouTube for entertainment, so I thought this was great. Sadly, the music they chose to go with wasn't Goldfinger Superman, so F. Yeah, it needed like his. It needed when he was falling off to have like his Ollie score to be crossed out when he failed it every time as well <laughs> while he was doing it. But other than that, it was solid. Like it's a really good promo. It's showing that he'll carry on being relentless and mad even if he's not cleared to be in the ring, which yeah. I think is a good storytelling for him. I, I thought it was good. It also um, helps build up his character as being the guy that because eventually he's facing Cage. And yeah, to give, yeah. and unless we want a squash match with the guy who is, when crowds come back, going to be one of the most over guys, because we know he already was, you need yeah. to keep building him up. And I think you're helping to build the story. This is why the guy, because he throws himself off massive things on a skateboard, and we all know skateboarders are slim, slender, and they get injured a lot and carry on because they're fucking mental. So, yeah, I, I really liked that. Following on from that, we had a Britt Baker video promo. I didn't think it was as good as last week's. What did you guys think of it? Too short. short. Yeah. Um, and it had scenes from last week. I haven't ranked it just because it, it's nice to rem- remember Britt and the sort of thing she is, but I don't think it was long enough to actually you know, make a real moment. No, 100%. I agree with that. Yeah. So then it was the inner circle, specifically Hagar, with Santana and Ortiz versus the best friends. Cassidy gets the pin with the roll-up. I can't remember what the name of his roll-up is. What did you think of the match? What score did you give it? 
Um, yeah, so it was a really good match. Solid. Uh, I love the best friends. We know this. I love their combo moves. I love Chucky's toss into um, Trent Spear. Trent loves his corner cell. I think I messaged you to say that at the time, Nick. You did. Whenever, whenever he gets lobbed by a big guy to the corner, he does that proper roll-up job. He loves that. Santana's cell of OC's round the world DDT was the best thing ever. With how he properly spiked himself, then sort of sat up for a bit and just sat there. Weird finish. Like, it seemed a bit awkward at the end before he went into the cool roll-up pin thing. But I would give this match a accommodate and adjust because of the fact you're a fanboy. A B. I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> what did you give it, um, Mr. Muir? Um, I really enjoyed this match also. Um, my favourite comments were from Jericho that Trent lost his surname in a poker match. That's a oh, yeah. now as well. And Jake Hager is beating up a 15-year-old version of himself when <laughs> yeah. he was beating up Orange Cassidy. Also, I'm glad that the driver from Drive has also got another job in Orange Cassidy. <laughs> um, no, nah, it was a really good match. It was solid. Um, the double horror they did in the middle of the match was beautiful. And I give mm-hmm. it a solid B myself. So I ranked the match a B. Um does Trent have the best spear in wrestling currently? Only outside the ring, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, the, his outside the ring spear is awesome. Yeah, no, he's just phenomenal. Trent, I feel, got a bit fucked over in his younger WWE days, and I think Japan and going around has really made him. He is the best of the best friends. <laughs> he's the most powerful of the best friends. Why yeah. does he not simply eat the other best friends? <laughs> So, moving on from that, we had an MJF promo. I did rank this. What did you guys think? And did you rank it? I did rank it. Uh, Shivoni's face was brilliant. Uh, it was quite nice notice that Billy had a second son. I was unaware of that. And I instantly went, Gun Club versus MJF and Wardlow. And it happened. Solid intrigue. I've got a bit of intro. I gave it a B. I think for the short moment it was, it really did give us a good lead to go somewhere. That's interesting. I gave it a B also. I thought it was a really good, solid MJF match. That's promo, sorry. Um, what did you think, Mr. Muir? Um, for the... Was it... Which bit are we on? Sorry, my sound... MJF shouting at Billy. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was very fun. I can't wait for that match. It will be great fun. But um, I was hoping it was Billy Gunn versus Wardlow instead of Billy Gunn versus MJF, because I think it would have been a more fun match. But that's Isn't it me. Austin and Billy versus MJF and Wardlow? I just saw it as it was just a singles match, but I could be proved wrong. I, I think it I think it is Gun Club versus... We'll have to go back and check. Um, I loved MJF um, I'm pretty sure. diving behind Wardlow the second that he's got to face someone like Billy Beautiful. Gunn. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great match. I can't wait to see it. Also with Austin Gunn as who I love from his scenes of just his thing of I'm really annoying, but I'm face really annoying. Like with fake crying and just being a bellend. I I think he's got got the uh, potential to be a favourite of mine. Um, So following on from that, we had Sammy Guevara versus Colt Cabana. Uh, Guevara wins with the GTH. Uh, so up to the, what rank did you give the match, and what did you think of it? 
So last week when we were discussing Colt versus Jericho, I said that he slipped on his step up the rope move and it didn't look as smooth as it could be. And he did because Excalibur explained it. So I was right. Colt is great. Um, got a bit slow in the break. Old slipping down story was good. The match was pretty solid. Uh, I didn't have a lot to say about it, if I'm honest. It was just a solid match, so I gave it a C. It was average what I expect a wrestling match to be. I thought it was just a great indie match. You know, it just felt really good. It was really enjoyable. And I think the storytelling through the whole match was really good. And it's just showing that Boom is really struggling to like put people away. He's trying too hard. He just can't get his groove right. And now, as we speak further on, what's going to happen from that? And I gave it a C. So I gave it a low B, high C. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I liked the storytelling. Um, I was entertained. I, I think this Dynamite, I think I was just in the mood to watch some wrestling. Because yeah, fair. I, I have rated everything quite high um, for me. Um, it was a good yeah. show. Yeah, it was. And say I rated it um, more towards a B. I think I'm quite happy to, 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 to come down to a C. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, after that, the Dark Order come out to help um, Colt up. Matt Hardy then comes out for a promo. What did you think of that little selection of things? Oh, God. Um, so I'd forgotten Matt Hardy coming out at the end, which probably explains why my notes are so crazy. Uh, was there a woman in the Dark Order? There were no long shots across them, but I thought I saw an actual female in there, which, you know, I think would be good for the Dark Order, because currently it's a bit of a sausage fest. Was a bit longer than usual, a bit weird. Nice to see Colt following them. Then Matt Hardy came out and flipped through gimmicks until he said he was going to mash Sammy up. Um, I don't really remember much of the Dark Order moment. It was nice to see Evil Uno back. Uh, it sort of got a bit lost by Matt Hardy being Matt Hardy at the end. I, I had a good time, bit long and weird at the start, but then Matt Hardy is Damascus shouting he's going to mash Sammy. And I quite like Matt, uh, Matt Hardy looking like he's going to build his own mini stable of up-and-coming spot monkeys, probably. That's sort of how it reads to me. So I haven't ranked it, but I've got intrigue. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was rankable. Um, I liked the flipping through the different Matt gimmicks, which I think is good because you're getting over the fact because it's something new with his delete character now that Matt has all these different personalities, um, which is obviously what they're going for. That's that's the new thing. So we're getting all the versions of Matt, which should please everybody when they get back into the crowd. And I think it's a lot of fun. And I think Matt's having a lot of fun. What did you think, Mr. Muir? I really liked the first thing I noticed was it's nice to see Evil Uno and Grayson back. And that's fantastic yeah, to see those two are back in the ring. Well, not in the ring, but, you know, at the show. Um, I think Colt really needs to get his son back on side. I think that would help him the most rather than joining the Dark Order. I think rebuilding that bridge would be more important to him. Uh, <laughs> and then I quite enjoy the Matt Hardy thing. I love that all his different characters have different opinions and, you know, allegiances with different people. I think that'll be really interesting going on further, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I did notice you were saying about Dark Order having a field member. I don't think they had one up there, but I did notice that Mel, is it Mel from Nightmare Collective was in the crowd? 
Oh, okay. So he's sat next to oh. Uncle Fester. Oh, Luther. Oh, no. <laughs> Uncle Fester's okay at wrestling. I just have to get over the fact his gimmick is really annoying and his intro was shit. It's okay, Matthew. It's okay. He can wrestle all right. So following on from the Matt Hardy, there was a small Joey Janela video promo. What did you think of this? And did you give it a ranking? I wasn't feeling it. Like, it's obviously building up to those two being a tag team because we've seen them together. The only real comment I've got is the fact that Ruth went, why is he wearing... It's dark. Why is he wearing sunglasses? That's really dangerous to drive at night with sunglasses on. Uh, I think it should have been longer or something else. I, yeah, it's, it's obviously going, look, they've been a tag team. Now they will be a tag team. But mm, not feeling it. I like the indie film vibes of it, but that may be just my pretentious self in it. I like that he's like, he's this beaten down character, expected the world to be handed to him on a plate and nothing's gone quite right. And now he's got to build up with his mate back to where he thinks he should be. I quite enjoyed it myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Muir. Um, I was, I thought the, that Joey's promo part at the beginning was really good. And then him getting in the, um, the car with Sonny and the to be continued at the bottom. I thought that, that left me going, oh, I, I want to see what happens next with this. Maybe I'm just jaded. <laughs> so following Maybe. that, we have Dasha interviews Colt and Colt heads straight into Brody Lee's locker room. Um, I don't think, we've, is there anything you particularly want to say about this? It's an interesting. Um... We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I want Colt to be like a sleeper agent for them who goes in and keeps being Colt, but is actually in the Dark Order so that the mask doesn't ruin his friend-shaped gimmick. Yeah. Um, Mox interview promo. Uh, what did you guys think of this? I quite enjoyed it. Uh, it was a little bit weird, like the fact he sort of wandered up to get shouted. Basically, he was there for no other purpose than to be beaten up by Cage, which was fine. I quite enjoyed Taz coming out. Uh, essentially, I'm not sure there was the best reason for it to all in ha ha all happen, but I enjoyed that it did happen. I enjoyed the fact that Mox was the one who got a weapon and broke the window, and then Cage just slow, you know, and then Taz was like, no, don't do it, yo, chill out. And Cage is like, no, must destroy and slowly pushes him into a window until it explodes. So, yeah, weird start, but I enjoyed the moment. I'm very excited for Brian Cage and Taz, as I love both of them. I like that Taz is trying to keep on the short and narrow guru. We're just, you know, adversaries, not actually evil, while Cage is a bit more of, you know, a loose animal. I thought yeah. that was quite interesting. Um, why was Cage just wandering around without his top on? <laughs> also, clothes don't fit him. <laughs> we've seen in Dark that clothes do fit him. Well, don't well, we need to break no, the storyline. No. We saw in Dark that clothes don't fit him. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he was wandering around in his extremely tight-fitting shirt. He heard Mox say something. He got a bit angry. Just his ripped it off. His pecs flexed and it just exploded. So what we're actually saying is that that. Brian Cage and Orange Cassidy are actually possibly the same person. And it's just, just when it Orange Cassidy does get angry, he turns into Brian Cage. He can't reach his sugar puffs. Uh, eight is advert wrestling here. Uh, he explodes into Brian Cage. I like to imagine how Brian Cage does things around his house, like trying to make a cup of tea and he just crushes his kettle, like picking up mugs and they just shatter because he's too hench. 
So following on from that, we had Mark Quen versus Cody in a TNT Championship match. Cody wins by submission with a modified ankle lock. What did you think of the match? What score did you give it? Um, uh, we had to have a discussion on whether Private Party's new intro is better or worse than the last one. Reese said it's worse. I'm, I'm kind of... I mean, I don't like either of them. Uh, but moving on to the actual match and you know, things that mattered. Uh, Matt Hardy, the sponsor of the new generation, coming in with them. Uh, does anybody else kind of miss Cody's two entrances now they're gone? Like, no. I've been looking at no, no. <laughs> I used to quite like him coming up the lift and being heel, Cody. But um, going back to the actual match, I think this match proved that when I say that um, one of Private Party is Shawn Michaels and one is Janetti, I think this proved sort of, sort of helped prove my point. Really good match. I love heel, Cody. I love the limb work, the ankle selling. That corkscrew DDT thing was a fucking thing of beauty, and I had to rewind it to understand this. It was fabulous. Cody always makes his opponent look great. Cody's submission new work is great. I enjoyed the injury play on things. Uh, once again, like we didn't really have any story building into it, so I can't really... Uh, I think it was a high B slash low A. I think the storytelling, the limb work, the nice build-up, showing that Quen's going to be a star, probably a B, high B. But no, I really enjoyed this match. I think it was really good. I think it was really good. I love that Justin Roberts is back. Um, Mark yeah, Quen is fantastic. You know, it's just... Give him five years and he'll be on top of the world, I think. Um, the great storytelling with the ankle through the whole story, that he was just damaging it constantly. I think it was fantastic. Um, my main question was, will Cody bleed? Do roses have damage reduction on head hits? Yeah. Do they not take damage if they get hit in the head? And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it was a solid B for myself. What about you, Mark? Uh, I ranked it as a B. I loved the storytelling. Um, I know you said that we didn't have much of a story going into this. Um, but I don't think we need them for these um, open challenge. Um, Would it just be TNT. nice to see the challenge? Well, I, know. Think, I think the, uh, the fact... And, you need a crowd for that open challenge thing to really work. And I mean, a, a proper crowd when you have... Yeah. <laughs> excuse me somebody just come in out of nowhere um i think that um also the story was mark quen injuring himself last week and i think that was the setup to the storyline for it um yeah I, I really enjoyed it i also ranked it a b overall it was very much a b show for me <laughs> Yeah, yeah, can we just take a moment to appreciate Jake Hager just screaming at the end of the show? <laughs> well, I was just coming. I was coming up to that next. Yeah, go on. Uh, go Hager comes out. First. Sorry, go on. Um, one question is: when you're doing a weekly trial, you, there's no point doing that anymore. It's already been finished with Dario's Dial of Doom. So why bother <laughs> having a weekly challenge? And yeah, carry on with the. So okay, then but... Hager comes out, flattens Cody, Private Party and Hardy make the save. Inner Circle comes out, big fight to close the show. Um, classic WCW. WCW, yeah. that's my first note, is WCW with an exclamation mark. Also, uh, I didn't like that they were booking the TNT belt that far ahead that Cody was going to be facing him. 
because it's like that belt's on the line every week, Cody. How do you know you're going to be having it by the time we get to Fire Fest? You know, when, but that's. I think you can get away with it because we all know that Cody is one of the guys in charge. Yeah. So, so he can he can give somebody a a title match and say, "Well, you've got a TNT title match. I may still have to. Um, I, I may still have to um, defend it." But he's also confident enough that he's going. He's going to have it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'd also go with, but what if you don't have the belt? Oh, fuck it. You can fight whoever's beaten me. Yeah. No. There we go. Uh, Hager's selling me a little bit more, if I'm honest. Him just screaming and being a juggernaut over really trying to promo is is helping, and he has got better at wrestling. And I quite liked uh, Cody's just simple. You want a fire challenge? You got it. You know, there was no need for a big promo speech or anything. It had been a rook, and he just probably snapped it off like how you would be, do after a fight. Yeah. So overall, um, B? B. It's got to be B, hasn't it? We've had like an A, A, D, and everything else is B. It's another attack of killer bees, as you put it. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like was best friends putting on their tag title match on the line for next week. I don't understand why that was a thing, but that's now a thing, apparently. Are they up against? Who are they up against? Is it the Natural Nightmares? It is against the Natural Nightmare. No, no. If they win. Yeah. If anybody wins, I will fucking riot. You best be ready for an angry me tomorrow, <laughs> uh, next week if they if they lose. Yeah. No, I hate stuff like that. It's like you're trying to build this league and then you're just tearing it down. But anyway, that's back into all of that. Yeah. Oh. So that's our thoughts on this week's AEW shows. Moving on now to our question times. And we have a question from Facebook. It is something that we have discussed in the past. Um, but um, I think a, a specific answer. Do you think that the accusations that AEW are just booking ex-WWE stars against each other and picking up ex-WWE talent, they are turning into a new version of TN TNA are they well-founded or not? I'm going to get angry, so who wants to go first? <laughs> you can get angry, and then, then we can calm you down, unless Mr. Muir yeah. has something he'd like to... Let him run. Okay, so this AEW only booking uh, WWE stars to be their top is just a WWE fan narrative, if I'm honest. Who was our last title match? It was Moxley, admittedly a WWE guy who is at the top, versus uh, Brody Lee, a Chikara guy. You know, just saying, Cody, who is admittedly an XWB guy, but, you know, he's just his uh, son, uh, fought an NJPW slash TNA guy in Lance Archer, uh, then a homegrown guy in Jungle Boy, fought another homegrown guy today. Their top stars, their top people we keep talking about are MJF, a PWG guy, Darby Allen, no idea. FTR have just arrived and are, you know, actually homegrown WWE guys. I have to give them that. But I don't think they're going to get a push to the top of the uh, tag league. I think we're getting a focused uh, Young Bucks feud. So instead, our overall tag match will be the best friends, Chikara guys and NJPW guys versus Kenny, NJPW, and Hangman, a Ring of Honor guy. I appreciate that people are being brought in from WWE. They're going to be. Lots of people have been in the wrestling industry for a long time. And they've been trained in a variety of places. And the only place you could be really successful is WWE. Finally, they've been given another option, another place to go to. And some of these people are like, oh, 
well, I've been in WWE for years with the crazy man who makes me do plot about being sick and poop and with no medical health care or being responsible, I'll go to this new promotion. And sure, the top, well, the top two guys currently are a WWE guy and uh, are two WWE guys in the, in the uh, main singles belt competitions. In the men's, not in the women's. Women's uh, champions are a ex-stardom person and a new person who's homegrown and probably looks like going to be another indie woman afterwards. But, you know, let's focus on those two WWE guys who have their belts. Who's uh, Moxley fighting next? Oh, that's right. It's an Impact slash Lucha Underground homegrown man. It, it, it's just a false narrative. As soon as I see fucking Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan walking in to destroy the plot and put over a bunch of 60-year-olds... Maybe I'll believe it. But until then, okay, Jericho, Moxley, and Cody. Those are the three. They're the three names people are essentially talking about. Do you think these people are there's just an old TNA guy with these three guys at the top of the card? No. No, I don't think a man who was a fringe man and one part of a three-man team who then got bummed down for Roman Reigns and had to give big injections. Cody, who wore a plastic face mask to protect how beautiful he is. Um, and Jericho, Jericho is probably the one I'd give you, but even he has been everywhere. Even he has been in NJPW, WCW, WWE. They're just wrestlers. ECW. I'm not angry. Jericho goes as far back as ECW. Exactly. Am I mad that John Boyega, a famous person I got to know from Attack the Block, a brilliant film about aliens attacking South uh, London, is in Star Wars. Do I sit back and go, well, he was a British film star and now... No! No. So, yes, there are WWE stars in the top upper card. That There are, because you know what? That's where famous wrestlers went. Now there's a secondary job for them. And all the people they're fighting, all of the top selection are from an equal amount of different areas. And as I said last week, everything comes back to Chikara. They're all from Chikara. I think, I think your main issue here is that the Booker man, I think that's what you've got to look at. You haven't got the people like Hall or Hogan in the back just causing the issues and just pushing their mates. I think that's the main difference this is between you know any other company or not. I think they've used the star power of XWWE guys very well, but I think they have shown that they can make homegrown talents and they don't need to just rely on them. And the fact is that they give them all new gimmicks when they come in, like completely different from what they were in WWE, kind of shows that they're not relying on WWE. Um, so I'm the, probably the one who has been most worried about this because I remember TNA pre-Hogan and I remember it was more post-Hogan when it was the ex-WWE guys because uh, the, the Hogan era was actually a lot of the older guys like it was Sting and Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy and they did their sort of um, main event mafia thing and um, they didn't do very well at bringing up their homegrown guys they tried with AJ Styles AJ Styles didn't get good till he got to WWE on the mic 
He, he was an awesome in the ring. Uh, but when AJ Styles... I was going to say, I was about to slap you through the internet. <laughs> turned heel in WWE. If you had told me two years before when he turned heel in WWE that the best talker in WWE would have been a heel AJ Styles, I would have laughed at you. But he was. Um, they've done a very good job. These are big names. And the people they have got are big names they've brought ftr in now ftr were not a big name in wwe they weren't treated as such they were to the they were a big name to the kind of fans who watch aew they were big names to the fans who watch nxt who are the same fans who watch aew that you do not get the same raw smackdown casual wrestling fans and currently during the current um situation you're not getting those WWE are not getting those casual fans. They're only getting their hardcore audience, which is why pushing Charlotte Flair down the throat is not a very good idea because it's Roman Reigns all over again. Yep. Um, I think AEW are doing a very good job of using yes, Mox won the title off Jericho. Well, Jericho was the most logical person to hold that title to start off with. He really was. He's Chris Jericho. Everybody knows who he was. He's brilliant. He's a legend. He can reinvent himself. He is ECW, WCW, um, I think JPW, J NJPW. He the only big name company he hasn't worked for was TNA during the time when TNA was bigger. Um, and then the next one is you've got his Mox, the guy who was the underused world champion and didn't get and had a really terrible final run didn't really get as much of a chance as he should um for all my joking about it you know um cm punk definitely if he ever returns to wrestling should go to aw because he'll get fucking treated correctly um he's not coming back morgan i'm sorry um the revival are being pushed in the position the revival should be pushed to being on par with the young bucks not because they're ex-WWE guys, because they were treated like shit in WWE when they went to the main roster, because Vince doesn't like tag team wrestling. Um, they were pushed to... Brody Lee is the only one that, that I was concerned about because he went straight into a feud with Mox, having been a lower mid-card guy that we knew was good, but he went straight into a feud with Mox, which got the Dark Order and him over, and he lost and got over and has now moved to that comfort mid-card position with people like Colt, where yep. you've got interesting stories and you can use him well. Other than that, I can't think of any other X. What I would really consider ex-WWE big names, we might see something when and if they sign Rusev. Um, and we might see him come into a lot of pomp and circumstance. And of course, he's going to come into a lot of pomp and circumstance because these guys have had the billion-dollar... Vince McMahon machine behind them where they've been treated like shit but they've been treated like shit and the indie fans the type of fans who like NXT know they were treated like shit we like seeing people be treated well after yeah. they've been and abused they've not done what TNA did which was take the mid card guys push them straight to the main event where they weren't and you went oh well this is why they were They've got better bookers. They've got people who get it more. They know how to book these guys. These guys would go to TNA. They would slag off WWE. 
and then they prove why Vince never really pushed them. And even people like Christian, who I love dearly, and I think should have had much bigger runs in WWE, um, didn't get their option to do. And when he went to TNA, he got main evented and he showed some of that spark. Uh, I think WWE made a mistake when he came back of not treating him like the star he had turned himself into in TNA. Um, yeah, and then there was guys after that that just really weren't there. I, I think they're getting the balance right. I don't think they are turning into a new TNA. I don't think we can we can be concerned. If Randy Orton had turned up, then that would have been different. But at the same time, if Randy Orton turns up, he's going into the main event picture because he's Randy fucking Orton. I miss yeah. mate. I prefer <laughs> you know? it to be Orton, but that's my opinion. Rest holds. But is rest holds his fault, or is that the fault of people like Stephanie and Triple H who keep telling him to do them, which I believe was a thing? I know, I know. Um, Uh, As a Randy fan, in my own unique way, not necessarily as him as a wrestler, but as a fan of Randy Orton as one of the biggest bellends on the planet who's completely (laughs) unapologetic. He's not the most exciting wrestler, but he's got very good body language. I'm just saying. He carries himself well, and this is despite me having reviewed Edge versus Randy as the Jeez. worst thing I've possibly watched this year. Get to watch, the, get to watch it again today. Ooh. Is today the greatest match ever? I think so. The great, yep, yep. Tonight is Backlash, and the greatest match ever is Randy Orton versus Edge. Oh God! I'm, oh, do I do I want to watch that just to get angry? Do you want me to bring over a bowl of whiskey and we can watch it? I mean, to be, <laughs> to, to be fair, if they're just having a match, it's Edge and Randy Orton. Yeah, it should <laughs> be great. A fucking chance! It was the fact they did a seventeen and a half hour wander through the backstage area that made it bad. Indeed. Oh. If they give them 15 minutes in a ring to have a match. That'd be fantastic. You know, I can watch Randy Orton match just to see how he'll pull off an RKO out of nowhere. Yeah. He's got to be the one where he caught the guy off the top of the corner jump. I forget who that was. That was brilliant. Oh, the best is still the WrestleMania one with Seth Rollins for me. When Seth went Which to do the curb stomp. Oh, that's the one I'm thinking of. And he kicks up off him and then he catches him in mid-air. Mwah, beautiful. That and the one from the choke slam against Taker at WrestleMania. I'd probably have to look that one up. I. That one is beautiful. That is the one where I thought Taker's streak had ended. When I watched that. I mean, if anybody should, it, it, it shouldn't have been Book. Book of Dwight to be podcast. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> let's carry on. But yes, so, so we don't think it's like DNA. Yeah, no. Um, and also, I don't I don't think that that's nice. So we are WrestleOpinionated at gmail.com. We are WrestleOP on Facebook, WrestleOP1 on Twitter. Every week, there is usually a precursor to our production meeting going up where you can pop a question if you want to or you want to hear our thoughts on something. So please feel free to get in touch. Follow us on those. Now, handing over to Mr. Strange. This is something we've semi-ranked about before. Or are you changing your rant? It's expanded. Well, technically, you could either have the rant we've discussed, the new rant of why is dark bad now, or the two put together into the mega rant that's been building in my head. I think I think why is dark bad now, rather than re rehashing our our rants because the women's division has improved a lot 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think we can put you on the spot and go your brand new one that you haven't had any rehearsal for. Why is Dark bad now, Mister Strange? So remember when we first started watching Dark? Did Dark start with Dynamite or did it start afterwards? It was about the same time. Either way, back when Dark was actually Dark shows, we used to watch that show like 40 minutes and we'd see these new fabulous talent. It's where we saw Statlander first. It's where we saw Thrall first. We saw a bunch of the random guys who are now rising up the card. We'd have these beautiful, well-orchestrated matches where people really wanted to impress, where quite often the women's league we commented that it was a lot better than watching Riho versus Britt Baker the only real women's match we had at that time we saw fucking um, Jamie Hayter who I still love and would love to see back more we'd get these interesting hardcore like different matches we had Joey Janela versus Moxley on dark and it was a proper rough brutal match because that's what dark matches originally were they were the matches not allowed to be shown they were the things after the curtain so you can get some fucking hardcore matches in do you remember hardcore matches last one we had was the luther versus fucking jimmy havoc's chair match and both of these are meant to be hardcore death dealers who fucking i know everybody's not there for the blood and death and shit and fucking watching people be put through barbed wire tables but i am i love that bit of stuff so fucking shut the lights down give us some hardcore stuff show us some new talent bring some shit out Watch some new stars, fight some new stars, and we can see where they're going to go. We're going to see this new talent fight each other, and nobody's going to look shit. But no, now Dark has just become a, a, a means to have new talent just fucking annihilated by the established talent for no other purpose than to drive their numbers up on the rankings for the sports-attempted scoreboard, which, as we've learned from the tag team division over the last three weeks, doesn't fucking matter anyway. If you want to smash people to get numbers up for the sports accuracy, then have the sports accuracy. If you're going to use Dark to showcase new talent, let them showcase new talent. Some of the most... My favourite people we're seeing started on Dark. We got to see Jimmy Havoc come out on Dark. We got to see a bunch of people show who they are, show what they could fucking do against other people who were showing what they could do. And they would have a good, as you'd put it, Mork, Ric Flair match where they would make each other look amazing. And then when they came into AEW, either individually or as a pair or as a tag team, we had something we could give a fuck about. We could be like, sure, that guy or that last was a bit clumsy, but I am here for them. Statlander, in a non-actual, like, emotional way, I fell in love with Statlander instantly. I was like, this last is big, tall, strong. Her gimmick's funny. She does the Oklahoma role, which I love. Had the same with Anna Jay. I'm here for fucking evil, manipulative magician woman. I've Kylin Lynn. In fact, it's even mostly towards the women. But no, the men's matches as well. We've seen so, but we've got the opportunity for hardcore matches to show new talent fighting new talent so everyone looks awesome and they all come in together. But I, I've watched Lee Johnson be smashed about seven times now. I've seen the captain, James, De James Dean, something Dean, fucking annihilated over and over. And I can see they're talented. I really like that Musa guy. And I want to see more of him. But all I know now is he's just going to get fucking smashed again and again and again to drive up numbers that they are already proving are completely fucking unnecessary. So pick one or pick the other. How about we get 
Musa versus the captain. Or, well, we did have Kylan Lynn versus Dancy Brazilian Girl. That was great. Maybe some more of that. Maybe use Dark to showcase matches that we can't... Fucking give us some intergender. Remember when we had Penelope Ford and Kip Sapien versus Riho and Kenny? Brilliant. That's what Dark should be for. For the shows you can't have on the main fucking show. They've even said in this one they're allowed to swear on Dark. Give us the intergender. Give us the hardcore. Give us new talent versus new talent. I miss it being half an hour of just good fucking wrestling. Now it's an hour and a half fucking squash matches that I just don't care about. It used to be the better part of the show. Me and Nick, like originally when it was a bit slow started, we were like, this is this is the better show. We enjoy this. We enjoy watching that bit more indie side of it, bringing out that that life, that craziness, that what wrestling can be when you take off the brakes a little bit, when you take it away from being sanitized for television. And now, now it's just an hour and a half of squash matches. It angers me so much. Um, I think I've kind of reached my peak. I've not burnt out, but all I can do now is shout about either have boring squash matches and tell me I don't need to bother watching the show and make numbers matter again, or take numbers the fuck away and just take it back to being fun. It's, it's, like, uh, it's genuinely been a chore the last few months as opposed to the excitement I would have on a Monday, on a Tuesday night. Previously, I'd watch it on a Tuesday night over dinner and I'd be like, ooh, this week I didn't watch Dark till this morning because I was like, oh, it's, it's just going to be squash matches. I don't care. And I was 50% right. So maybe we're on the track back. But I doubt it, because I could still predict 90% of the fucking outcomes before it got going. And that, and that is basically my rant of the week. Dark used to be the fucking titties, and now it used to be the shit, and now it's shit. Sort this out. Pick whether numbers and sports matter or whether they don't. Pick whether it's just there to drive numbers up or whether they're there for actual entertainment. Because at the moment, it's a waste of an hour and a half. Rant over. <sighs> um, no, I 100% agree with that. It's just ridiculous that they seem to just pawn these matches just to get numbers up. And it's just like, why why do we need the numbers, boys? I think the problem is, just, just to play a bit of devil's advocate for a moment, this will all change when the, the current situation is over because what dark was is it was the dark matches it was the ones you didn't see so you'd have things and the last dark match is usually a match to send the fans home happy it's usually the wrestlers having a bit more fun because the cameras are off the cameras are off inverted commas yep um obviously they're on for um for aw's dark but you know um, so it was the dark matches. It was the, the matches that opened the shows when you saw your new talents. They were starting to get the new talent out there for the fantasy. And it would be that closing match. So you'd get things like Kenny Omega on dark or, you know, the top guys on dark. You'd get the Young Bucks. The problem is at the minute, they are having to just make some matches for dark. They're trying to make sure these indie guys can get a paycheck for something. Just Could we not have Lee Johnson versus the captain? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was about to say. So you've got these characters in there now. Let's get these characters some wins on the scoreboard so that when you take them on, like they did with Alan Angels this week, like I was talking about with the Dark Order. 
Yeah, that was the first actual one where I was like, oh, oh, neither of these are, are named characters. Thank God. Yeah. It's all I want. So, it wasn't bad for an improv uh, moment of yeah, actual... Yeah, that, that was a good... It was, it, was a good <laughs> it was a good rant. So, Mr. Muir, I believe we're over to you. Right, okay. So, for the discussion for this week, I've got a bit of fantasy booking because we're all the best bookers in our minds, aren't we? So, our MCU. Yeah. So, for the booking for today is next TNT champ and how you would book them. So, who would I'd like, like to go first? I'd like to point out that my discussion choice of how would you kill Charlotte Flair has uh, has been vetoed by you two, and I'm still uh, upset about it. She has so, too many Hogan powers. You won't be able to defeat her. My top two uh, options for this for TNT champion are Charlotte Flair and Brock Lesnar. So I'll let you guys go first. So no Roman Reigns or John Cena. Roman Reigns is over, man. He's not allowed to work anymore. He actually you know, wanted to look after his health, so fuck him. Oh. So, Morg, how would you book it and who would you book? Right. So, um, I was originally intending to go, not to go first on this. So, I, oh, okay. I've i got two choices. My usual thing is to see what you guys do and then build on it. Um, do you want Nick to go first then? Uh, I no, can no, go no. first. I'll go on then. After you then, oh, Mr. Muir. Okay. So, mine takes a bit of building. We've seen it coming through on the last last week's show, which is Matt Hardy coming out to help Sammy Guevara. So the sort of a friendship sort of building there. So Sammy keeps going on. He keeps fighting, but he's struggling to win matches. Jericho's always on commentary, but he's not helping him. He's struggling really hard, but Matt builds him up. He gets through the Damascus hating him phase, and he builds him up through that. While this is happening, uh, Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian are attacking Cody on a regular basis just to try and weaken him down to try and get their option to get the TNT belt. But it comes up to it when Cody has been beaten down and is horribly injured. It's Sammy Guevara that's up next. But Sammy, through the training of Matt, decides not to have the match with him because he doesn't want to beat Cody when he's injured. He wants to beat him when he's fit. So then it becomes a Kip Sabian match. And Kip Sabian obviously comes out and beats him up, you know, during the match. And then Matt Hardy and Sammy come out and make the save and save him from being beaten and Cody gets the win. Then around two, three weeks later, Sammy gets another attempt. He's been built up to be this babyface to carry the belt as a new babyface. And he gets the win over Cody at some pay-per-view down the line. Nice. I okay. like it. Sammy's the obvious one. It's one of our of more obvious ones. Mr. Strange. Uh, it's my turn, is it? So I, I had a couple of options. I've, I've busted through this. I think my favourite suggestion was uh, 98 Kane. Uh, <laughs> most powerful of the wrestlers. And I had to have a think, because I like to go outside the box a little bit and get a bit weird. Yeah. I haven't done Derby, because I think he's a natural choice. Yes. And I got it down to three people. I was like, Orange Cassidy. And I was like, no, Orange. He could do it, but I, th I think he's better in his own little gimmick. Then I got it down to one of two people we wouldn't expect. Uh, the first one was 10, but then I realized that's probably just my love for the mill-like shape of 10. So I've, I've gone outside the box. I've gone for a, a weird selection here. 
So it's a tag match uh, a few weeks before any of this challenge goes down. And obviously, our favourite feud in AEW is uh, Brandon and Avalon. 100%. And we've been seeing Brandon have his singles matches, and we've been seeing that little edge of him losing his temper, and he's trying to get... You know, he always pulls back into being a good guy face, but we've seen him try to get count-outs and smash-outs and things. And he's with Avalon, and he's there in their tag team, and they just keep losing. And Avalon's obviously a complete fucking shitbag who's forever tagging in and, you know slapping him and pushing him over and such like and the one day they're fighting against a yeah they're getting better but they always take their loss and they're fighting against another tag team and uh we'll say the butcher and the blade because they can eat shit and they're, they're about there and they're almost going to get their win they're building up they're finally getting some teamwork and avalon does something shitty and brandon just loses his temper and fucking dicks him and just fucking goes for him and then we have like an angry campaign of brandon just sort of losing his temper and trying to get better and he goes into singles and he gets his win against uh avalon and then he goes in against a real contender like a, a you know a moxley or a top of the card and he just eats shit and one day he's out the back and cody laughs at him you know he'd got his win and he gets a a little mock down fucking put in his place aha uh -huh, yeah you got your win but you know you're back to eating shit and Brandon challenges for that belt. And we get pure fucking... He doesn't roll his dice when he comes in. He just storms down to his fucking death metal music that he's got. Throws his coat off. And Cody starts taking the piss. And just throughout it, Brandon loses his temper more and more and more whilst Cody's taking the piss. Maybe he wins it. Maybe he, like, grabs Brandy and uses her as a, uh, a distraction to get Cody to fucking eat some shit. Maybe... He pulls out a secret weapon, but I think angry heel Brandon finally turning to beat shit out of essentially the top of the... Yeah, the guys, they always get him to carry those bags, get him to uh, do all the camera work. He's always talked down to. He's never given his shot, and he's finally lost his shit. No more Mr. Nice Guy. We're going proper D&D &D baddie overlord turning on his turning on these people that have essentially given him money and brought him in, but have done nothing like treat him like the lower fucking douchebag. And through anger and rage, he takes that title. That's my one. Right. So I had a couple of options, uh, much like you. Please tell me. Uh, yeah, yeah, go on. So uh, MJF is the one I think is the most obvious. Yeah. Um, uh, but I also think that MJF actually should challenge cody and lose because mjf needs to get rid of that losing streak that that win streak it is a yeah, okay. it, it is actually a bad thing for a wrestler after a while it yeah, can become true. damaging um so that was one of my options the other was my other option was derby um because it's again the story is already there uh, my idea generally on that was for um derby allen to um to actually turn heel um something similar to um mr muir's story with sammy guevara going for it um darby turning heel sammy turning face doing a um a, a stone cold bret hart double turn into yeah, darby winning and then you can have darby and sammy who have got such amazing chemistry feuding yeah. their way with the tnt championship and you've got that classic um 
thing where you have the guys who just have feuded their way up the card and eventually we will have Derby and Sammy feuding over the World Championship. But I decided, in light of our question this week, that I'm going to do something a bit different. So for me, one of the great things about what Cody's doing, and this all has to happen, we are back to we need a proper real crowd. This is the important part of this. We need a real crowd. So your crowd are there. And for a couple of weeks, Cody's been coming out on Dynamite every week, and he's been pretty much stealing the old John Cena. You know, the TNT Open Championship Challenge starts now, and somebody comes out, and it's a pop. It's like we get Brandon, we get Avalon, um, uh, we get Sammy, we get uh, Derby. So we get some some really good matches with Cody. Cody is in this point of just regularly having good solid matches we could even you know if we want to do an intergender we could have someone like nyla come out but i don't think that's the way to go for this and we get to um so i'm gonna say uh what was what's the next pay-per-view so it's all in isn't it it will be all all in yeah 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 the end of the year pay-per-view. So we've got we got crowds back. We've had crowds back for a while. It's building up. It's building up. And Cody comes out. And Cody has started getting a bit cocky about this. He's moved away from the elite a little now. Um, because, let's be honest, Matt Hardy is, you know, that, that, that Cody-shaped hole is easily filled with a Matt Hardy. So he's doing stuff with the elite over in the corner out of the way. And Cody comes out and he's he's started getting a bit cocky. So we're starting to see this, the, the beginnings of the heel turn, which will lead on to uh, Cody moving up to face for the world championship against Hangman Adam Page when Cody turns his back on the deal he made with MJF. Um so Cody's getting he's getting cocky. He, you know, he's the winner, he's cutting those kind of really cocky promos. Um Cody comes out, he cuts a promo, and it's like, yeah, well, it doesn't matter. You know, there's nobody in the back that I'm particularly bothered about. I think I've I've gone through everyone. This TNT championship, it's mine. It, it's not going anywhere, you know. Wardlow couldn't get the job done, Cage couldn't get the job done, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Naming some of the big guys. Yeah, I got you. So the TNT open challenge starts. Well, I guess. Is it even worth us doing it? Well, you know, I'll, I'll give somebody the chance to come out here. At which point the lights go out. It and then up <laughs> on the on, on the video screen flashes an E. Oh. And then next to it, a C. Oh, you've surprised me. <laughs> and then a three. <laughs> At which point. EC3 comes out to challenge and on his opening night because that is the way to book him forward because the crowd will pop because they have not seen him for ages and he is really loved by the AEW NXT style fans. Yep, he is. EC3 comes out and on his first night beats Cody. And I mean beats Cody. No fucking around. This is because Cody's going to fuck off and go and be a douchebag heel and go and turn in his 
he's not going to be hurt by this loss. You will make EC3 in that night as looking like a force to be reckoned with and the next guy to hold that championship. And I would have EC3 come out as, a, as the weird tweener, rich guy, baby face that he did when he first came out in NXT. Because he's his best role. He's really good in that rich boy, baby face, little bit, little bit of a, you know, little bit of shit talking, but he mainly does it to the heels. Yeah. Because that's who he faces. He's an anti-MJF, basically. And that is where your next feud is. Because then you get EC3 and MJF. Now, because you've already killed off MJF's um, undefeated streak, and everyone will complain because Cody will have beaten MJF, except that MJF beat him, you know, previously and whatever. And MJF needs to get his comeuppance because it isn't until MJF gets his comeuppance that Cody can start his heel turn, in my opinion. Oh, totally. And then you can have, and then you have MJF and EC3. And I just think that feud is just going to be fucking hilarious. Because you're just going to have two people who are just shit talking each other because it's it, one of them's a babyface and one of them's a heel, and they're just I just think that would be so. That is how who I would book as the next TNT champion. I'm annoyed you've pulled that on me because I was expecting you to do somebody else, and that one's really good. And I love yeah. EC3, so you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> who were you expecting? I think Rusev. Yeah, I was expecting Rusev as well. 98 Kane, <laughs> most powerful of wrestlers. <laughs> Shit, Morg, that one's really good. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. You've... Yeah, I- I'm giving my points to Morg. I'm Sorry. I'm giving my uh... points to Morg as well. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. You played on my indie wrestler fan. It's giving marks what they want. <laughs> <laughs> so that is another week in AW. We are Wrestle Opinionated on Spotify and on Anchor.fm. I would like to thank Anchor.fm for hosting. Mr. Muir, over to you. Thank you very much for enjoying the show, and I hope that you'll catch us again sometime. On to you, Mr. Strange. Oh, isn't he lovely? Uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please do share, like, subscribe, smash your face into the keyboard, do all those things that people on YouTube and such like shout. It really does actually help getting a bit more shares and stuff. Send in shit, um, questions, discussions, rants, tier lists you'd like to hear. We're happy to do fucking anything, uh, providing I don't have a mid-podcast idea for a rant, apparently. I will happily try to convey your anger via my tone. Uh, yeah, feedback, anything you can. Send us some questions. We do love hearing from you. We do love having stuff to improvise with. And thank you very much for listening. Back to Morg. And all that's left to be said is goodbye and good night. <laughs>